You're listening to A1R Psychic Radio, Earth's number one psychic radio network, and watching Moonstruck TV and Lightning Television. Welcome. Time for messages, magic, and musings with Emery Christie. Emery Christie. Live from Facebook.com slash Ascending Energies Healing. Connect direct. In North America, dial 888-454-2751. In London, 203519-2158. In Sydney, dial 02-8488-3147. Or online, contact us through our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Psychic Radio. Or one of our websites. AskOneRadio.com or Moonstruck.tv. This is Messages, Magic, and Music on A1R, the Ask One Radio Network. I have with me my friend, Mandy Metz. She is a astrologer. She also does relationship coaching, among many other things. She's out of Medicine Hat, Alberta. And Mandy, I'll give you an opportunity just to introduce yourself before we get started today. Great. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you, Emery, for inviting me to come on the show today. It's uh, really a pleasure. Um, anytime I get asked to do something like this, I'm deeply honored. <laughs> so uh, I'm from Medicine Hat. Uh, I've been here for about half my life. Grew up uh, not too far away in a small town, Saskatchewan. I'm a farm girl, actually, but, you know, shh, don't tell too many people that. Uh, <laughs> I have been studying astrology for the better part of 10 years, and um, I'm also a metaphysician. So uh, I practice taking a look at reality and making choices based off of a few basic truths. And I'm all about simplifying life, right? Uh, astrology for me is about the natal chart, uh, compatibility, which is where we get into some of the relationship stuff. And um, I also do medical astrology. So, yeah, that's, that's been a large part of uh, my healing practice for me is, uh, is astrology and getting to know who I am and then helping other people get to know who they are as well. So amazing. Thank you so much, Mandy. So last year during COVID, uh, Mandy and I, living in the same community in southern Alberta, connected for the first time. She was doing a little, a little, um, let's say, maybe a giveaway uh, for some people that were following her page. And I was so fortunate to have a chance to connect with her and to uh, experience her amazing uh, astrology services. So with that, uh, we developed a little bit of a, a rapport, got to know each other a little bit. And I thought she would be so amazing to bring on here. She's just got so much amazing insights about relationship, love, boundaries. And in the line of work that I do, that is the biggest thing that seems to come up for people that they want to explore. Uh, so with that being said, I, Mandy, if there are a few kind of key components that you'd love to, I don't know, I guess, bring our attention to when it comes to love and relationships, please do. <laughs> so first of all, I just want to say, you know, I didn't arrive at the things that I've arrived at because I was any good at it. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I think we all have our come to Jesus moment where we're like, what just happened? And you realize that something, something's got to change. Something's got to give. Um, I honestly think, so there's just like really cliche idea that you have to love yourself in order to love another and that's true but yet it's not I think we're all worthy of love no matter where we're at right it's just sort of how deep do you know yourself right and how comfortable are you with that 
you know, um, it's getting to know all of you. It's, it's that it's the talents, it's the flaws, right? Like how honest can you be with who you are? Uh, I once did uh, an audio recording where I talked about how I'm sometimes royally screwed. I'm a Leo, right? So royalty is kind of like our thing. And there are some aspects in my chart that (laughs) make people scratch their head and they're like, okay, (laughs) I no longer argue with those, right? So I found some peace at learning how to accept my patterns and what comes up for me and using those to make really great choices. Now, when I was young, I would do this thing where I would meet a guy and just be so like a smitten kitten and you'd watch them and then you'd watch what they like. And then you try to become the thing that you know that they like. And what would happen was, you know, a few years into the relationship, I would get so tired of trying to be that thing because I wasn't being me. Right. And so then I would just scrap everything and leave the relationship and start all over. I quickly realized that I tend to overly give. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a self-sacrificer in relationships, right? I think a lot of people can actually relate to that. Uh, um, absolutely. <laughs> so for me, it's it actually it starts in the beginning. And this this is something that you can use in any relationship, right? So we're talking romantic relationship. We can talk about this, you know, as far as like being a parent, um, friends, coworkers, right? Like those are people that you don't get to choose, right? Like they're kind of there. (laughs) Uh, It's learning about what it is you want, what it is that you need, and then using your voice to speak up and ask for that. When you get really good at that right off the bat, you actually you actually already are beginning to set boundaries, right? You're already communicating and then you're inviting other people to share theirs with you as well, right? And so it it helps them feel safe to do that. That's amazing. Right? So that's where it starts. That's where it really starts. Now, of course, you know, it's a little bit of a different story when we start to experience, you know, things like conflict and whatnot. But, um that that in itself is kind of almost a little bit of finesse, right? <laughs> mm. I, I'm going to add something, Mandy. Um, yeah. You you mentioned a few things that really struck a chord for for myself as far as you know things that are often explored during readings, whether they're readings I'm going to receive from someone else or whether they're readings that I'm doing for others. Um, the idea that you know some of us we have a tendency to give too much, that we fall into patterns of overgiving and. And there's a lot behind that, you know, a, a lot of perhaps maybe modeled, modeled um, from from our parents, you know, what that might look like, how we might maybe think we're supposed to behave in a relationship, a desire to be needed, to not be rejected. Uh, and, and so we tend to have a tendency to hold back a lot of who we are so we have challenges around intimacy and that's the sacral chakra energy you know and so when we're truly not willing to show people who we really really are it's not a huge surprise that somehow we don't end up feeling loved we don't end up feeling satisfied and I listen to you say after a couple years you get tired of like a couple years man that's that's a big dedication of fatigue. <laughs> One thing that I that I see a lot of in my clients who who fall into overgiving uh, tendencies is 
it'll always be the the left shoulder, the left arm that will will either draw my attention or it is literally drawing their attention through illness or discomfort, something like that. And it's that feminine energy, you know, it's like it just shows that we're giving where we should be receiving. And at the end of the day, when we are putting all of our energy into giving and then we go into overgiving, we already have so little opportunity to be able to live in a way that's energetically balanced. Then if we have challenges in receiving, it's even more so. So it's kind of like the wheel of karma. It's the idea that what you put out comes back to you. But if we're overgiving, we're already, you know, kind of bringing huge challenge to that. And then if we have a challenge receiving, it's that way as well. So. Yeah, we we end up shutting off that flow of energy or that connection to the people around us, right? Um, One of the things that I like to walk people through is, like, sit there and think about your your past relationships. Like, you know, normally we don't do a whole lot of talking about that because that is in the past, but those relationships existed. They happened, right? And Mm -hmm. from there, you can begin to identify, you know, where this was propping up for you, right? So it was, it was the moment where you realized that things were maybe not quite the way you thought they were going to be. Um, and then I encourage people to, to sit and ask, you know, in that moment, you were frustrated, you were resentful, um, you know, you were feeling disconnected. What was missing for you? Because that's what's important. Identify what it is that you want, right? And so you can do that by reflecting on your past relationships, now, you can even take it one step further, and have you ever heard the expression, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with? Absolutely. Yeah. It's with me <laughs> huge, huge, huge. Yeah, it, and it's, it is so true. So I thought about my five people that I spend the most time with, and I was like, man, what do they bring to the table? And I thought about just stuff that I noticed about them, right? And I was like, well, clearly that's important to me too, right? And so I spend a lot of time making sure that I'm touching on what it is that I'm that I'm grateful for from them. But it uh, it allows me to take that step back and realize how it is that they're giving, yeah. right? And and so then I get the opportunity to receive as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, you can practice this at any time, anywhere, with anyone. Um, it's, it's really cool. It's uh, something about the five love languages. If anybody has ever heard anything about that, it's, it's really kind of helpful. <laughs> I speak about that book a lot with clients. You know, it's so helpful to understand what it is that we want and value and what it is that other people want and value because sometimes it's literally like we're missing the boat. It's like, I love you, you love me, but neither of us feel loved. There's a reason, right? And, and so learning learning how we, we both thrive and what we each offer is so important. I I often suggest to clients, you know, that they that they look at uh relationships, whether they're whether they were wonderful, whether they offered a lot of what they wanted or whether it taught them what they didn't want, to always take that piece that what you didn't want and translate it it's like okay yep you don't want that again but what did you learn that you wanted right so turn it into a positive into a highlight and I like what you said you know I think about the some of the five people closest but I never equated those relationships and those values and what they offered as being you know things that we could then take and and inspire us to think about again what we would like in a love relationship in a romantic relationship that's really important 
Yeah, you know what? I've even had opportunities where you know I'll be getting to know a guy, and and I'll and I'll say like you know like like these are the things that make me happy. This is what I want. And on occasion, you know, you find somebody who's a little bit insecure, and they're like, "Well, that's not possible." <laughs> it's like, "Well, actually." <laughs> I have that in spades in my life. I don't know what you're talking about, but <laughs> peace. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just have to call it like you see it. Hey, you you learn early and you bow out when you recognize that that it's not going to be a match when there's something either, whether it be a red flag or just something that's really of value to you and it becomes apparent really early on just to be able to recognize it kind of chalk up your losses, take the learning and move on, right? We, we too often stay in things hoping that they improve or, or giving them time. You know, some things are, some things I think are, you know, addressable. Some things are not. Some things are just, no, bow out now. Absolutely. Well, and everybody kind of gets to decide what that looks like for them, right? So, you know, I have some friends who are in relationships and I'll hear some things and I'll be like, all right, you can you can handle that. That's great. That's great. Um, it wouldn't be me. Like I, I admit, I fully own that I am a tall order, and I will call it quick, right? But fire sign—that's what we do. Um, <laughs> but but you, you know, again, the principles are usually always the same, right? And and everybody gets to decide what that looks like for them. So again. You know, it's, it's, I guess it's about what you're comfortable with. And again, what you want. So when you, the neat thing about saying what it is that you want, right? So speaking your expectations is that, you know, when, when you come up against a challenge in any relationship, um, you're, you're talking about what it is that you want and you're making it less about what it is they're doing wrong. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. people don't like when you point out what it is that they're doing wrong. Um, if you own what it is that you want and and just kind of stand in that space, it gives them an opportunity to step into that and meet you there, right? Mm-hmm. It's like effective communication 101, right? The first thing you learn, the I statement. You know, what you can express from that point of view, yes, it has a tendency to uh, spark a lot less of that defensiveness. Yeah, once you get to a place where somebody is defensive, the conversation becomes something totally different. Um, even my job, I'm an inventory representative, and so my job is to find, is to audit inventory and find discrepancies and then to have conversations with the staff. That's, can, I mean, that's, that's a delicate balance. It's a dance, really. And, and so if I approach every situation with a, hey, like, you know, like this is this is what we need to do in order to make this work or make this happen. We take we take the onus off of them. People are not inherently bad. People are inherently good. Agreed. Right? Agreed. If we can get to that place where we recognize that. We stop blaming somebody. We stop coming at them. We stop attacking them. And we assume that everyone is doing the best they can with what they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> now, you said something earlier that I love. You talked about when you speak what it is that you want, you're already setting boundaries. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So I think quite often when we first get into relationships, we I talk this up to movies and music, right? There's this romantic idea that you're going to be able to just look at the person and be like, you, you know, right? Like, read my mind. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and then we create this story in our head of how this relationship is going to go. And we don't realize that the other person is actually not privy to that fantasy or that story. <laughs> <laughs> and so when they don't live up to it, then we become really upset. We can, it's actually, it's actually kind of toxic to not communicate what your relationship expectations are. Completely uh, agree. Yeah. You have to be willing to say, you have to be willing to say, you have to be willing to talk about it. Um, if you're not willing to do that, then either this isn't the person for you, or, you know, maybe, maybe you just need to spend a little bit more time. Um, figuring out how to communicate that right so you know my style is very direct uh, <laughs> clearly um, <laughs> other people are a little bit more subtle right maybe um, I've suggested to people like well maybe try reading this article or maybe try watching this movie and then have a conversation about it afterwards see what happens right um, different personalities respond to to different mediums right but yeah, so when you're when you're talking about what it is that you want, you're already setting those boundaries. So by saying what it is that you want in comparison, you're already staying what it is stating what it is that you don't want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And make it clear. Yes. And it's amazing to me that, you know, so many people, they're afraid to speak that. They're afraid to have those conversations. Even in the world of online dating, to me, what a perfect forum in a sense. It's the only time I'll use the word perfect forum. To be able to ask a stranger a question, to put out what it is that you're looking for and what it is that you want. And not that everybody's always truthful, but if somebody says, you know, are you somebody who is looking to have a family? And the other person says, no, I'm already done. And, and the first person, it's, it's part of their, their life path. They choose to have a family. They want to you know, have three children in the next five years or, or whatever it is that their desire is, you know when to talk up your losses and walk away, right? And if you're not having those initial conversations, who knows how much time a person ends up investing in something that's just not going to add up to what they want. So it, to me, you know, the anonymity in something like online dating is, it, it has its drawbacks, absolutely. But that's one one bonus I think and and it just still surprises me how many people don't go there you know what that's actually a really great point because we get caught up in in this again this romantic idea of love um and so we're willing to forgo the compatibility side of things right so yeah I suppose online dating would give you an opportunity to hash that out pretty quick um Yes, you're right. I think online dating also has its 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 setbacks. I know for me, um, I found I found that it was it was it was a bit like I was being passed around too much. Like I was like I was convenient, and so and so for me that was a thing where I was like, mm, I don't enjoy being treated that way. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the conversation can be very quick, very to the point, and yeah, it's, that's definitely valuable. Um, I think that uh, that's something that tends to get dragged on through you know months of the initial get together. Otherwise, right? Or you know you'll you'll spend some time together, and you know little things kind of creep up, like oh you know I want to get married, but maybe the other person doesn't want to. But you think oh they're going to change, I can change them. Love changes everything. <laughs> Yeah, and it and, does. 
Probably not like that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite change it in all the ways we think it's going to. It's it's not that magical, right? Love is one factor, and yet it's not the whole thing. You can love and know it's toxic. You can you can be compatible and not have love. You know, and, and so really, one thing that I guide clients in is really focusing on how you want to feel, rather than even all of the ins and outs. The ins and outs of you know lifestyle and compatibility, personality, and all those kinds of things are really important. But if you knew none of that, if all you focused on was the emotion you wanted to experience within a relationship, within a partnership, it stands to reason that everything else would somehow line up. That, that's how I look at it. Because again, you know, the emotion being the most important thing, you could get everything you wanted and not be happy, not be content, not feel loved, valued, respected. It gets us nowhere. Absolutely. Well, and 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 allowing you know the the flux of the emotion, right? As you're as you're going through these things, man. I I actually I love t- reminding people that uh, you wouldn't recognize the highs without the lows, right? You would know the positive without the negative. Um, you know, learning to accept it for what it is, but then learning to assess every moment for, for, for what it is. And, and is this taking me to where it is that I want to go or how it is that I want to feel? Right. Absolutely. To, me, to me, the person that you're with should inspire you, right? You should like who you are just a little more when you're around them. Absolutely agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. And- Can you take these last couple of minutes and if you will, perhaps throw out a couple of maybe key pairings among astrology, um, placements that that might be uh, perhaps good matches for some of our listeners? Sure. So, I mean, if we're going to talk just straight sun sign, so all we mean when we say sun sign is your son was in this particular zodiac or constellation at the time that you were born. Uh, we want to stick with the same elements, right? So um, if we're talking Earth, we've got our Virgos, our Taurus, and our Capricorn. Those are personalities that tend to work, uh, work together really, really well. Uh, fire elements are the Aries, the Leos, and the Sagittarius. And the water elements are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And then, of course, the last ones are air, which are Libra, Aquarius, and Gemini. And now some of those elements also do work really well together, but some of them not quite so much. So uh, fire, for instance, needs the other elements in order to exist. Well, except for too much water. That kind of burns us out. Um, but air can exist with any other element, really. Um, but then when we have a look at, um, at a compatibility chart, we also have a look at, say, uh, moon sign compatibility, right? So you want to make sure that your moons um, are somewhat similar, right? So somebody who has their moon in a fire sign is actually a lot more reactive emotionally versus somebody who has their moon in a water sign where it's re- a little bit more comfortable tends to be more fluid. Uh, somebody who has their moon sign in um, an air sign is more intellectual. They want to talk about it. They want to think about it. They're not necessarily feelers per se. They want to think about it first. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those who have their moon in an earth sign 
are more practical. They're going to consider the practical stuff before they go ahead with anything else. They want things to be stable. They want to be sure before they move forward. And then moving past that, I mean, there's a few other aspects that you would take a look at, such as, you know, say Venus or Mars. So Venus would be, you know, beauty. Mars would be the way that we express our physical emotion. Um, So having a look at aspects or how well um, two parties charts play out together um, with those would be would be really really important as well Um, but I always say to everybody too like even when it comes to a compatibility um, your personal dedication comes first right so compatibility will never really dictate how long two people are going to be together it has to be a willingness to to make it work excellent point so so essentially we can use them as kind of just an idea something that might offer us a little bit of guidance however making sure that we absolutely go based on compatibility, our own experience, always the highlight. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mandy, it's been absolutely wonderful having you here chatting with me. It's always a pleasure to see you. And I hope that uh, we may connect again soon. So Mandy, you can find on Facebook, on her page, Mindset Master Podcast and Coaching, if you care to connect with her for anything. And again, you can find me on Emery Christie's Psychic Medium on Facebook. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure, Mandy. Thank you. 